When we are tempted, what are we actually asked to do? When you're tempted, what is it that you're being suggested or prodded to do? I guess the obvious answer is, well, we're tempted to sin. And that's true, but what does that really mean? Then you might think, well, we're tempted to break one of the commandments or violate one of the Beatitudes. Okay, but what does that really mean in and of itself? If you think of being tempted to do something against someone that's really special in your life, maybe your spouse or a parent or a child or a best friend, you're probably not tempted to break a rule that the two of you have shared. So when you're tempted, what is it really that we're being prodded to do? And if you look at the temptations of Jesus, or for that matter, you could go all the way back and look at the temptation of Adam and Eve, but if we just stick with Jesus, I'd like to suggest that what Jesus is being tempted to do is to reject his poverty to reject your poverty. I know that's not the way we usually talk about it, but I have the floor, so bear me out. <laughs> that sense of poverty, fighting against what you lack. Now, this is what I mean. When Jesus goes out into the desert, he's led by the Spirit, he cooperates with it, but he's really led into a state of poverty. Physically, that's pretty obvious, right? 40 days, he's fasting. As the Gospel tells us, he's hungry, not surprisingly. But think of the other poverty that he takes on. Out there, there's no authority that he can wield. There's no power that he has. He's purely at the mercy of the elements or the animals. But think about this, his own state of mind. He's like us in all things but sin. Well, it's not a sin maybe to experience fear or worry. So he's poor in regards to power. He's poor in regards to community, at least with other people. Now, devil comes up, and notice how the temptations go like a laser beam, right after those poverties. Hey, you're hungry. Make some food for yourself. You don't have to stay poor like this. Hey, you don't have a lot of power here. Nobody's respecting the authority. Don't you, you know you're God's son? You just heard that at your baptism. Why don't you wield that? I'll give you the ability. You don't have to embrace that poverty that you've got. Nobody seems to be with you out here. I can take care of that. I can make it so that you don't ever have to suffer. I can take away that poverty of vulnerability that you have. And maybe even speaking to some latent fear or uncertainty that maybe is trying to bubble up in Jesus' heart or mind. Notice how every one of those temptations is saying to Jesus, you don't have to be poor in this way. If there's one thing the devil hates, it's your poverty. Now, of course, I'm not talking about here the, the poverty of injustice in society. I'm not suggesting that we should embrace that kind of poverty. But every one of us this side of paradise lacks something, even on the other side of paradise. But most of our lacking is here. I don't care how wonderful your life is. In your relationships, there's something that is lacking. And sometimes we lack relationship itself. In the ability to feel like we make a difference in the world, exercise of some power or authority, there are limitations. And for some of us in this room, we may feel truly powerless in a marriage, in a friendship, in a family, 
in our jobs, in that sense of feeling unsafe, real poverty there, can be everything from poor health to literally being in abusive relationships. Some of the worst suffering that happens is behind the closed doors of our families. We know that. Feeling unsafe in society. And I guarantee you, if you name your favorite sin and you really dig under the surface, you'll find that that's your own way of fighting against some limitation or poverty that you have in your life. Let's say it's vanity. Let's say you've been blessed with such great looks that when you walk in the room, everything freezes, okay? Not my problem, but I've read books about it. Looking out at all of you, I can see several there. Vanity isn't just about looks. Maybe vanity is about how smart you are, how clever you are, how you sing, whatever your gifts might be. Well, is there a poverty there? Because if it goes to the level of vanity or vainglory, then yes, that's sinful behavior. Well, what's the poverty there? I mean, if you've got it, why not show it off? The poverty, maybe, in the case of vanity is, well, what if I just lived without showing it off? What if I lived in such a way that I wasn't accentuating whatever my gifts or talents are? Not that we have to deliberately cover them up, but we all know what it means to simply play to our strengths. There can be a real poverty to walk into a room or a relationship or a situation or a new job or a new class in such a way that we allow ourselves to be unknown and vulnerable. And that can cause a lot of fear, right? I don't care what your sin is. Somewhere, if we give in to that kind of behavior, it's because we're resisting. We're resisting the invitation that says, no, you don't have to go for that. You don't have to self-medicate in the face of that uncertainty. You don't have to wallow in that behavior that makes you feel safe. But it's hard to be there. And when Jesus was in the desert, it was no easier for him than it is for you or I. And that then, in this Lenten season, is a beautiful invitation. On the one hand, you have the temptation. On the other hand, you have the invitation from the Lord himself. And it can be beautiful to rest in that poverty. It takes a lot of peacefulness of heart. I get that. And initially, it can be very full of anxiety or uncertainty or fear or worry. But try it. You know, whatever your Lenten task is, you're going to give up something for Lent. Well, don't give up your poverty. I think the question here at St. Joe's is, who am I? I'll give you a hint. You're poor in certain areas. And let your identity, let my identity be one that says, I can name that and I can remain in it. And when the fear comes up, what a beautiful thing to take to prayer. As you receive the sacraments, as you gather in your Lenten prayer practices, you want to do the Stations of the Cross. At every station, ask yourself, what's the poverty that Jesus is allowing himself to hold on to? And then what does that look like for you? Who am I? I am poor, but I am also loved. And beyond prayer to bring that poverty into conversation, Jesus could dialogue with his Father. We can do that too, but we can also dialogue with one another. What a beautiful idea. Get a Lenten buddy. They don't have to be your best friend, but get together once a week. Hey, let me tell you about my poverty this week. Oh yeah, I got that too. It's amazing what a little trusting conversation can do. And all of a sudden, the fears and the worries 
and that seeming foreboding sense that the temptation wants to stir up begins to dissipate. We're at the start of Lent. Now is the time maybe to ask ourselves, where is my poverty? Don't be afraid to stay with it as we walk these days.